What's up, guys? Welcome to The Road Podcast, the podcast where we talk about overall well-being, health, and all the crazy things that happen on this road that we call life. I'm your host, Jonathan Shane. What is going on, guys? It's your boy, Jay Shane. I am so excited for this episode. Y'all have no idea. As you can tell by the title, this might actually be a controversial subject, um, which... I mean, it is, but it's not. It's pretty. I think it's pretty obvious what the Bible says. Um, but we're definitely gonna dive into it today. So I, I'm super excited about that. Before we do, real quick, shameless plug, guys. We have the our three coaches on the TKR team: Coach Amy, Coach Mike, and myself. We all have customized programs catered towards you guys. If you need help with holistic health, you need help with weight management, and you want to find somebody that's willing to take the time to customize it for you um, and walk you through those steps and have open communication with you throughout the process, definitely feel free to check us out at theketoroad.com. And yeah, I really appreciate y'all's time. I appreciate y'all's support. I appreciate y'all's love, and I appreciate the time that y'all take to listen to these episodes to better your health. All right, so let's dive into it. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I really, really encourage you to do so. It's very brief. It's only 14 minutes long, but it's a super important episode because it's building blocks for what we're going to be getting into, right? This idea of like, okay, like, um, is keto biblical? Um, How do you live life as a keto Christian? Um, And while some people might find these conversations nuancy, I think that they're important to have because there's a lot of people, I feel like they unintentionally create friction between them and their faith through diet dogma. And I think that that's a dangerous place to live because now you're in a place where you know, you are letting your diet dictate how you relate with God, even if you don't want to address it like that, because that causes conviction, which leads to repentance, which makes people uncomfortable. And while it's okay that it's uncomfortable and it's normal that it's uncomfortable, it's still something that has to happen. You have to go back to the cross. You have to go back to conviction. You have to be checking your heart. Paul says very clearly in the Bible that we should be checking our hearts daily. We should die to ourselves daily. And that comes with a level of addressment. That comes with a level of reflection. Um, I think that it's super important to do. Um, And so let's kind of dive into the subject, this idea of like, okay, is eating keto biblical? I think the first thing we need to look at is is there anywhere in the Bible where it says that we should only eat meat? I think the answer is no. The answer is obviously no, right? God promises the Jews a land flowing of milk and honey. Both of these, um, even in low amounts, have high amounts of carbohydrates. We see bread is a very, very used thing. Manna, the manna that fell from the sky, obviously we don't know the nutritional content of it, but we can assume it was a bread-like substance. We see unleavened bread being used a lot. We see bread being broken for the um, for communion, right? The, the wine being passed around. All these things are loaded with carbohydrates. So I definitely don't think that there's a case that, you know, that someone that's biblical or someone that's a Christian should and needs to eat a ketogenic diet. I don't think that that is there. In fact, I know it's not there. It's just not there. Now, now we kind of have to like go into the next layer of this because it's great to address that something 
you don't have to do something, but should you do it? Is there benefit to it? That is a more weighty question and one that I think that needs to be addressed, um, obviously biblically, of course, it needs to be backed by scripture and this needs to make sense. So I think that there is a definitely a value in eating a higher fat meat-based diet. I think that there are things that happen um, in the Bible that point towards this, right? If we go to Passover and the Old Testament, right? So Passover in the Old Testament, um, I think that there is a moment where we see very much so um, the Bible talk about um, the eating all of the animal. And I think that this is super important because we often associate like right with the Jewish people with again, milk and honey and things like that. But it's super important that we understand that there is a level of, of, of understanding with the Israelites during Passover of eating all of the animal, right? We see this in Exodus chapter 12 when God is instructing them on how to eat, right? He's, you know, he's saying, make sure none of it goes to waste, right? Like eat all of the animal, right? And, and we can assume, obviously we don't know, no, but we can assume that he's talking about the organs, the meat, right? He's talking about not leaving any of it, um, to waste. And I think that that's super important to acknowledge. Why? Because we know, nutritionally speaking, that um, organ meats are extremely nutritionally dense. And if they're going to go 40 days and 40 nights without eating any kinds of animal-based proteins, it would make sense that God would set them up in this kind of way, that they would be nutrient loaded, so to speak, um, before this happened. Um, and obviously I don't want to take away from, I don't want to under spiritualize them, um, being sustained by God, by the manna throughout the 40 years of them walking. Um, but I definitely think that there's a, a sense of God knew what he was doing through even a nutritional lens as he instructed his people on how to handle that Passover in Egypt. And so, I definitely think that, that that there is weight here. There is there is there is a valid argument to be made that eating nose to tail, eating a, a animal uh, based diet is nutrient rich, and I think that we see that in the Bible, and we also see right. So the Daniel fast, I think, is another great great implication of this. So if we go to Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 through 13, and in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled, right? We, we, we know this is based off of, you know, during this, in this, in this time, um, you know, they were talking to the king and they decided to um, not eat meat, right? To eat only plants. And at the end of it, right, the, the Daniel and his and his followers were stronger than everybody else. Um, and what I see there, we kind of have to we kind of have to reverse engineer this so that it makes sense. God is a is a God of showcasing His glory. Yes, God is a God of showcasing His magnificence, His strength, His power, and He likes to take the lowest and make it the greatest. Because when it's the lowest, humans expect it to be the lowest. So then, when God exalts Himself through it, all of a sudden, this thing is extremely elevated. But it also shines very brightly 
on God's glory through this, whatever it might be. Um, and so we see God in his character putting people in the position of least, of weakest, of sickest, and then reviving them to a full face of glory so that he can glorify himself through that action. And so if we take that characteristic of God that we see riddled throughout the Bible, in fact, he states it many times, I will take the least of these, right? And 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 we place that on the Daniel fast, we get a more clear picture. God put them in a place of nutritional deficiency so that he would showcase his power and glory through making them the strongest. The Daniel fast is not to emphasize that plants are better than animals, but rather it's actually to emphasize that animals are better than plants, but God is always better than any sustenance we can ever eat to sustain us for strength and empowerment. Meaning that God, God is what sustains us. God is what gives us true strength. And it doesn't matter whether you're eating animals or plants. If you rely on God in faith, God will bring you to the top to glorify himself through you, right? And through the faith that you've had in him, regardless of whether you are eating the proper diet for a human. But we see that eating animals is proper for strength and it's normal and it's part of our biology because that's why God did it the way he did it. He set it up to where... Like the humans then knew that animal meat gave you strength and God knew that. And so God set it up in a way where they were going to be stripped of all the nutrients that gave them strength so that he could glorify himself and exalt himself through that weakness and put himself above the rest. And so I think that there's a twofold knowledge here. One, obviously, again, as we said, God is the sustainment of strength, but we also see that humans biologically are strengthened from animal meats. So again, in the Old Testament, we see another case that animal proteins and fats are super vital and important for a healthy diet. Okay, so we understand some evidence in the Old Testament for a meat-based diet. Um, obviously, that's not removing of carbohydrates. That's not getting rid of bread. That's not getting rid of milk and honey. And I am saying right now and now that the Bible says those things are not bad. And I don't think that they're bad. I don't think that bread's bad. We're going to get into that more um, in the next episode. But I don't think that bread's bad. I don't think that honey's bad. I think that it's important, though, to know where you're at spiritually and acknowledge where you're at spiritually, physically, health-wise, and make the godly decision that's best for you. What do I mean by that? If we go back to last week's episode, we talked about this. We talked about how God does care about our physical health. We see this in the Old and New Testament. We see in the New Testament that we're bought with a price, right? That we're a temple of God. We use that analogy of walking past the two temples, one covered in shrubs, one's nice and clean. Which one would you think they really care about worshiping their God, right? We talked about this image bearing um, and this witness that comes through being healthy. Um, and so what you have to do is you have to look at your diet and go, okay, is what I'm doing best for my health? Right? Is what I'm doing going to put me in the best position to glorify and carry out God's mission in my life? So let's take a step back. Let's, let's look at this foundationally and then let's build from there. So, foundationally, right, we should be eating a whole food diet. I do not think that God intended for humans to eat Twinkies. I think that we see riddled 
throughout just historical context, let's just take the Bible out of it for a moment. If we look at Ansel Keys and the and, and the Seven Country Study and all these things that that have that you can find discussed all over the place, we see a skewed toxic perspective of food and convenience that has riddled into humanity. And we've seen it destroy humanity, right? Dr. Western Price was a, a famed a dentist that went around and he wrote a book. It's an amazing book, Nutritional and Physical Degeneration. And he looks at these societies that have adopted a Western processed food diet and the amount of tooth decay and jaw disformities and all the things that come with a processed food diet. So I think it's very clear that these foods should not be part of a human diet. Of course, people will say, you know, we are free to do so. We're free to eat and drink things that destroy our body, even if we're being moderating them and to a place where the, the, the amount of destruction that they cause is minimal enough to where we can recover from it. You know, you know, maybe a Coke a week or something like that. And you are, you are right. You are by the grace of God through Christ free of the law. You can eat and drink things that are not beneficial at leisurely if you'd like to. You are free to do that. You are you, you are free within grace to do that. The question you have to ask though is, is it truly beneficial to your walk with God? And if it's not, are you willing to acknowledge that and put it aside for God? And I think that that's another conversation. And I think that the answer to that conversation briefly is just, yes, like we should be. We should be acknowledging if we're eating or drinking or in, ingesting things, even like music and videos and all that, but all that, like, what are we ingesting? And is it ch- pushing us towards God or is it not? There really is no gray area. Either you're going forward towards God or you're going towards your flesh. There really is no in between. And I think that, again, I think people hesitate being honest with themselves because it puts you in a place where you have to feel conviction and then you have to repent of that conviction of that sin. And I think that people really struggle with that. But I think it's an important place to go because as we talked about last week, if you don't have empowerment by God to sustain these changes, it makes them extremely difficult to make. And how do you get close to God? Through repentance, through going to the cross, through acknowledging ways in which you are broken um, and checking your heart and being completely honest with yourself. And so kind of going back to diets, I, you know, I think, I think the Bible is very clear that a whole food diet is beneficial. Eating, eating a proper whole foods diet is beneficial, right? We see um, Ezekiel, right? Uh, Ezekiel bread is a great acknowledgement of this, like just like the sprouted grains and, you know, properly pre- uh, uh, prepared uh, produce. And, you know, and then again, the organ meats and the animal meats and the Daniel fast and all these things that point towards this animal protein, animal fat with properly produced grains and produce diet um, with a little bit of milk and honey uh, that they knew to be um, um, treats and sweets and, and delicacies that God promised them in the promised land. Um, so I think that that is the base diet. I think that is the base diet. It's a whole foods diet with properly prepared grains and produce. I think that the paleo diet um, in terms of the food groups has strong weight in this. I think that's a great model. Um, Now, the question is, is should we go ketogenic? And the answer really is not yes or no. It's what do you need? This is where you have to be honest with yourself. If you are gluttonous, not in gluttonous, we have to be, we have to start being, we have to start being comfortable in the church talking about this word. 
it's not saying that you're obese. I'm not calling you fat. I'm not saying you're overweight. Gluttony is the idolization of food. It's the overconsumption of things. Gluttony is most associated with food, but it can be associated with anything that we ingest, uh, media or otherwise. But it is a it is an issue. And if you are gluttonous and certain foods are inhibiting you from dealing with that sin, you are in the wrong and you need to eliminate those food groups. If you can have a Coke a week and be fine, that's great. But if a Coke destroys your health and you cannot seem to kick it, that is sin. You need to gravitate more towards a low-carb diet and eliminate that more. If sugar alcohols are creating an addiction in you um, or not allowing you to get rid of an addiction, right? We've talked about this on other podcasts about how some people get addicted to the brownie, not necessarily the sugar. And so even with a keto version, they're still finding themselves eating and overconsuming and not really hitting their weight loss and health goals. If they're, if that idol, that addiction is there, you need to remove it and go to a more low carb, whole foods diet. This really comes down to just being honest with yourself, being honest with yourself, being honest with God, going to the cross in repentance and asking for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be able to put you on a better path for longevity and long-term health so that you can be a better witness for God. And that starts with acknowledging where you're at. So the que- again, the question, is keto biblical? And I think the answer is yes. The keto is very biblical, not because the word keto is in the Bible, but because the Bible point point towards a diet that is whole food based, that is animal based, and that also puts you in the best position to be a witness for God. And if you have a carbohydrate sugar addiction, then the ketogenic diet is going to put you in the best place to remove that nutritionally. I do not think that addiction goes away unless there is spiritual health there. I think, again, going to the cross, going to repentance. Asking God for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I think all the things are super important, but I think that it's okay to acknowledge, you know what, this diet isn't specific in the Bible, but I see clear indications that if I gravitate towards it, I'm putting myself in a better position to be healthy long-term. And again, if you decide to do a paleo diet, that's fine, but be honest with yourself. Where are you at? Do you need to go keto and then kind of introduce a paleogenic diet. If you want to go more, you know, you want to introduce some more carbs, you want some sweet potato, you want some fruit, you want some honey, whatever that might be. Um, I think that's totally fine. I think that's totally fine. But I think that it starts with being, again, honest with yourself on where you're at and then applying the diet protocol that makes the most sense. And again, as I said in the last episode, making sure that you're making these decisions so that you can be in the best position to be a witness for God. That's the point. The point of me being healthy is not so that I can have abs. The point of me being healthy is so that I can encourage others to chase true health, knowing that eventually if they keep digging, they're going to get past physical health and mental health, and they're going to lead to, it's going to lead to that point and that question of, okay, what is spiritual health? What does that look like? Which gives an opportunity for the gospel to be shared. That is always and will always be the end goal and should always be the end goal. And our lives are a witness and a reflection of that as Christians. So I think that, again, just kind of recircling this to kind of recap the episode. If we look at the Bible, we see that a whole foods diet is definitely prominent. We see animals are fine to eat. In fact, they biologically are 
um, you know, they increase our strength. We see this, we see that they can be very beneficial. We see kind of that nutritional protocol. Um, of course, we're grasping at straws there. It's not explicitly said, but we can gather from context um, what was going on. Um, you know, we see that nutritional dump from eating organ meats. We see all these amazing things in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, we see this, this call to, 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 to take care of our bodies, to be stewards of our bodies, understanding that our bodies were bought with a price, that they are temples of the Holy Spirit, and that we should be striving for glory. We should be striving for Christ in our food choices, not just because healthy food choices lead to a healthier body, which leads to a healthier witness, but healthier food choices separate us more from the sin of gluttony and other things that are very much comfortable in the church. Guys, the church is extremely comfortable with gluttony. It's extremely comfortable with food addiction and all that. And I talked about it a little bit um, in the episode called Biblical Health. I'm going to dive more into gluttony in the church in another episode. And we don't have time for it in this episode. Y'all have enough to chew on um, in this 20-minute heavy section. So I want to leave y'all with that. And my prayer is that you are empowered to understand where you're at and understand why you're doing it and what that looks like in relation with God, what that looks like in relationship with your striving and sanctification for holiness, and what that looks like in terms of the sins that you wrestle with and have you taken those to the cross and are you dealing with this in a healthy way so that you can be empowered by God to make the best healthy food choices and health choices overall for you and your walk with Christ. All right, guys, hope you enjoy this episode. I would love some comments and feedback. You can DM me on Instagram at the Keto Road. Um, I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to conversate and dialogue. If you all have questions, if there's something you're wrestling with or challenging with, let me pray for you. Let me know how I can pray for you. DM me. I would love to do so. All right, guys. Till next time.